It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 205, entitled It's All About the Blocks. It was recorded on Monday the 18th of April 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and as always, I'm joined by a variety of guests. This week, my co-host is Kathy Zant. We're also joined by Davinda Sinkainth and Kelly Muro. We talk, obviously, about WordPress, and there's quite a bit to talk about. Lots of articles this week come from WP Tavern, like this one. There's a new comment block, which you can use. Hopefully, it will be coming down into WordPress 6.0. Gutenberg 13 adds a text selection across multiple blocks, amongst other things like a featured image on the cover block. There's a lovely piece of work been done. It's a WAPU alphabet. For your children to learn the alphabet, WordCamp Europe has published their schedule. It is mighty, so you can go and check that out and decide if you wish to go. There's also a block enhancement plugin, which we discuss, and then we get into a long conversation about all of the different block packs. For example, we talk about Cadence and some nice updates over there, as well as Stackable. And then on the end, we get into a bit of a ramble about Elon Musk buying Twitter and some other non-WordPressy things. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Very nice to have you back on the This Week in WordPress show. What are we on? Monday the 18th of April 2022. We're here to talk endlessly, actually, for about 90 minutes about WordPress things. There's a few bits and pieces thrown in at the end, but we've got some familiar faces and a new face as well. Let's go. Let's go round. I'm going to start with uh, Kathy Zant, how are you doing, Kathy? Doing really well. Good to see you again. Yeah, really nice to have you back on. Kathy, I'll do her introduction. Kathy is the product product marketing manager at Cadence, which is a part of Stella WP at Liquid Web. She also teaches security courses for her friends at iTheme Security and has helped with various WordCamps such as WordCamp Phoenix and WordCamp US. Hello, very nice to have you. How how is life in? Are you in Phoenix? Because that's I think where Kelly is. Oh yeah, no, I'm. I just moved from Phoenix. Um, oh. Gosh, it's coming up on two years ago. So now I'm in uh, right outside of Dallas, Texas. A little bit oh, okay. more green here. Okay. Well, anyway, very nice to have you with us. I really appreciate your your support. That's great. And Davinda, Davinda Singhkanth, how are you doing, Davinda? I'm doing good. Devinder is not in Phoenix. Devinder just told me where he is, and I've totally forgotten. I mean, I know he's in India, but minutes ago he told me where he lives, and I've completely forgotten. Where Where are you, Devinder? I'm in a place called Chandigarh, which is like five hours drive from India. It's in North India. Okay. So very, very, very nice to have you with us. Devinder uh, is in the WordPress space building client websites. He does coaching. He creates digital products and content like the WP Weekly. Dot com. Let me say that again, the WPweekly.com, which is a WordPress newsletter, which you should all sign up for. WP, just go Google WP Weekly, and I'm sure Google will be your best friend and find it. And then go and sign up and then come back here and say, I signed up. And Devinder will be happy. <laughs> <I'll take pitch. laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, now it's your turn to do my pitch. <laughs> no. Um, and finally, joining us for the first time, Kelly Moreau. Is it Muro or Moreau? I've forgotten. Yes, it's Muro. Muro. Oh, good. Perfect. I got it, I got it right second time. Um, Kelly's joining us. He's been on the podcast with me before, and we'll talk right at the end probably all about something you can see if you're watching the video. He's got next to his name North Commerce. Very exciting new thing which is happening. It's like a WooCommerce 
alternative, but it's not WooCommerce. It's brand new, built from the ground up, and we'll get onto that. But uh, just very quickly, Kelly, as I've just said, is the founder of North Commerce and an e-commerce expert. All his focus right now is on creating the most powerful e-commerce solution on WordPress. Just very briefly, how's it going? Since we did the podcast, which is several months ago, it was brand, brand new at that point. How's the yeah. how's it going? Just in you know in you know a few seconds. It, it's it's going great. I think we we've taken care of a lot of like core infrastructure pieces of the plugin, and I feel like the team has made some really really awesome decisions. And um, so it, it'll be great. It'll be it'll be really fast and, and scalable. So it, it'll be just a world of difference. I think from other solutions. It's always nice to be in at the beginning of something. I remember when Nirvana brought out that album, Nevermind. I'd already (laughs) been listening to Nirvana for several years, and I took great pride in having been a Nirvana fan. And I'm going to be the same with you. I'm going to be like, I knew about North Commerce before North Commerce was a thing. I love (laughs) it. That'd be great. A few years from now. Yeah, that'll be lovely. Um, Okay, let's just do all of these sort of housekeeping bits and pieces. If you would like to share this, I'd really appreciate it. the best way to do that is probably share our WordPress live site. It's wpbuilds.com forward slash live. You can watch it over there on YouTube. So you'd need to be signed into Google if you want to comment because it's YouTube comments. The other option would be to go to wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. That'll get you into our Facebook group and then just search, you know, scroll up and down until you find the live one. Um, and if you wish to make a comment on Facebook, Facebook have a, a policy whereby they do not share your name or your avatar unless you click and say that the platform that we're using called Restream is entitled to do that. So you have to go to chat.restream.io forward slash FB. But all of that is in the little thing at the top, the little thread at the top. Okay, but that would be lovely. Feel free to go and share it and then come back and join us. We've got a couple of comments coming in. Rob Cairns, as always, uh, always the first to comment, it would seem. He's made it a badge of honor to get in early and comment early. Good morning, peeps. Some of my fave people on this panel. Yes, that's that's a nice thing to say. Uh, I think he's talking about alternatives to WooCommerce when he says alternatives are cool. And then Heinrich as well says, how are you doing? Yeah, hello. Thank you, Heinrich. Nice to have you with us. Okay, it's this week in WordPress, so we're going to drone on about WordPress. A couple of things from me just before we start. This is our website, wpbuilds.com. If you fill out this here form where it says subscribe, then we'll keep you updated about content that we produce as and when we produce it. Speaking of content, I'm doing a piece of content later this week with the lovely Pete Neri. We're doing our uh, monthly UI UX thing. And in this, Pete and I, for about an hour, roughly something like that, she takes apart a couple of websites that users submit. We're also on the lookout for dark patterns so that we can castigate those and shred them. Um, but if you would like to be a part of this and you would like your website uh, examined by Peacha, who, let's be honest, is really, really good at this kind of thing. And if it's not something that you're really, really good at, it might be nice to get her advice on something that you're partway through. URL for this is wpbuilds.com forward slash UI, wpbuilds.com forward slash UI. Go and fill out the form. Tell us about your site. Tell us about any dark patterns that you've seen. And uh, hopefully we'll include those on the show. It's next Tuesday, 26th of April at 3 p.m. UK time. Okay, right. That's it. That's all the promotional stuff I can manage. So let's get into the main event, shall we? Uh, just so that you know, guys, Kelly, Davinda, Kathy, just interrupt as and when you see fit. There is 
sometimes no purpose in letting me drone on because I can just talk the hind legs off a horse. So just <laughs> butt in as and when you feel necessary and cross talk, whatever you wish. First piece, though, Justin Tadlock over on WP Tavern. It's called Gutenberg 13. Adds text selection across multiple blocks, new stack group variation, and cover blocks feature. It's a minor little thing. Some of these things you think, nah, it's not really worth talking about. But some of these I think are dead cool. The fact that you can now highlight and copy text across multiple blocks is really cool. You can also delete text across multiple blocks. And that doesn't mean that you literally delete all the block. You could pick half of one block and a third of another block and click delete, and it will go and truncate itself. I'm not quite sure how it does the truncation of that. But it's a it's a thing which has been an annoyance for me. Basically, I've had to go and do things, silly things like duplicate box and delete the bit that I didn't want here and make it go up and down. This just helps. If you're looking at the screen, you can see all of that. Another thing which is kind of, I think, really nice is that there's now a cover block featured image option. So, you know, 99% of every website that I've ever seen in the last five years has something like a hero section at the top where, I don't know, post title goes in the middle, font size big, and there's a background image, which you typically want to be the featured image, and now you can do that. You tick a box, check a box, and the featured image becomes part of that whole setup. There's a whole load of work being done on global style variations as well, and there's also new border control components. So hopefully in the future, not quite sure what this interface is that I'm looking here because it doesn't look like Gutenberg. It's some sort of test environment, not sure, uh, that Justin's got. But anyway, some nice new stuff. But my favorite bit is the cover block with the featured image and also the fact that you can highlight text. With that, I'm going to say, go, talk. Tell me, tell me what you think. <laughs> I think multiple text selection is a really good one because uh, most of my clients don't use Gutenberg for building layouts, but they use it for you know writing post content because I've told them, you've got to shift it to blocks now, no matter, because most of the websites are built with Beaver Builder. So mm -hmm. uh, that's fine for the layouts for now uh, because Gutenberg is not there yet unless you add cadence, right? So... Can't even like that, right? But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, get the shiny, <laughs> shiny tooth moment. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I love these updates though too because it's like um, you, you get these these little adjustments that you maybe you weren't thinking in terms of UX, like you know, in the early stages. And then there's these nuances, you know, as you start to like do random little things, and you're like, oh wow, like I can't, I can't select multiple, I can't select text across multiple blocks, like. Why, why did we like you just don't think about those things? And so to see how people are using them, and then we see these little nuances in, in terms of like user experience, and like, oh, yeah, we should we should change these few things or add this one thing. I think it's good that it, it's 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 cool to see the progress in terms of like, yeah, how yeah. those nuances end up. And, and it is, it's like it's like a thousand paper cuts, isn't it? It's just a load of little <laughs> tiny inconsequential. It updates, which actually, if you talk about that as one thing, it's not a great big thing, but it will save a lot of people a lot of time. I, I will make use of this multiple times every single week because I constantly write rubbish and decide that actually half of that paragraph was worth keeping, the other half is not worth keeping, and that, that you know, it's just awkward. And now, rather than having to delete, duplicate, then delete and recreate, all of that, it should be done. Without so. realizing that this just came a week back, right? Yeah, 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 that's right. And Kathy, anything? Yeah, well, so much of my workflow before Gutenberg was writing within the editor. You know, I, I, I wrote, I, the creative writing process, the editing process all happened within 
you know, the old editor that we grew up on, right? But And with Gutenberg, I had to switch that. I wanted to use Gutenberg. I had Gutenberg installed on my site before it actually came into Core, um, but I had to switch my workflow and write more in Google Docs and then paste over after the editing process yeah. had all yeah. been completed. And I would really love to see WordPress users be able to get packed to that workflow. So a lot of these changes that I'm seeing are going to affect, it's going to create a better writing experience because that's a big part of what WordPress has always been about is writing long form content. Yep. Yeah. Very nice. And just dwelling a little bit on the, the sort of the cover block there, Rob Cairns said, uh, what does he say? We really have to watch hero areas. There must be a call to action. Yeah. I don't think that one had one, did it on the picture just there? Um, but yeah, that's a really nice feature as well. I would imagine that almost everybody could make use of that tick a box, upload a featured image and you're done. I don't know what the controls are, whether it's fixed or it's parallax or any options around that, but the fact that it's there is quite nice and no doubt some future developments can come in as a result of that. Okay, that was a very quick one. Let's move on. Um, we're staying with WP Tavern again. Again, Justin Tadlock. A couple of pieces here about, well, the first one is about new comment-related blocks arriving in WordPress 6.0. To be honest with you, I've I've taken the stance, this is somewhat controversial, this is going to really kill the debate here, but I've taken the stance more recently to kind of switch off comments on almost everything I do. And I took the cue from Kev Quirk, oddly. Um, Kev decided on one of his websites, I think I believe it was his own website, that he was going to substitute out comments for an email me button. <laughs> and, and I've started to use that quite a bit. And it's quite interesting because then you actually get into a conversation in your inbox with people. Because I found since Facebook's been around and since Facebook has been the thing, I don't know if this is universal, but it seems to me that, that comments are less popular than they were, let's say, a decade ago. A decade ago, that was what everybody was doing. You'd read something, consume the content. You Now it feels like you'd probably click a share button and go over to Twitter and say, oh, I just read this thing. I found it really brilliant, blah, 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 and not maybe spend the time in the comments. That being said, uh, Justin's got a fair few comments on this, so they're not dead by any means. But essentially, there's a new comment block. Uh, it's, got some, it's got some limitations uh, that Justin uncovers, and he goes into the history, which is act actually just from the point of view of the history of how comments used to be done. It's quite an interesting read. They were done in one way, then they moved on, and it kind of feels like now we're going back to an old way of doing it. But he's found some limitations, but, but now you can drop in a block. It can do certain things that are nested, but it's got limitations in terms of what you can actually, how you can actually style things. But I, again, it's an improvement. We've added something to to core hopefully coming in six and in the future hopefully be able to modify these settings and make your comments look all pretty yeah comments is still a important component for a lot of people it may not be that popular as of now like earlier we all used to comment and going on other blogs and the comment list was huge and people were searching how to split comment display in multiple pages remember those times right yeah, yeah. and then we got switched to discuss comments and then people started embedding facebook comment boxes on their websites and those things were popular now even i don't turn on comments on my own personal sites because it's like time ways to do it because most of the you know chit chatting and poisonous stuff happen on twitter and all that stuff so comments are safe so but yeah it's good like if if you see from technical point of view they are just picking up features from already which are already there in something like 
Elementor or say like this feature being from Beaver Builder ecosystem, that's this feature comes from Beaver Themer comments, you know, module when you create a single post template. So yeah, it's there. But again, people, they are, they are just adding this. So people will start again, complain law. It doesn't have padding margin, this and that. So yeah, it's an endless train. They are still adding basic things. So let's see where they end up. But I don't think a lot of people would use this as of now or yeah. even in future. It's interesting. So I've switched off comments. Davinda switched off comments. Rob has just dropped a comment in. <laughs> he's dropped a comment in to say he switched <laughs> off comments. That's priceless. It's meta. Uh, he switched his comments off about two years ago as well. I, I don't know. It feels to me like the consensus amongst us. Maybe Kelly and Kathy, you're about to upset the apple cart. But it feels like the, <laughs> the consensus so. is comments are dead. Nobody uses comments. Yeah, what, I, I think it, I think it really depends on on your particular you know site because yeah. you know like WP Tavern. I think is you know they have you know some conversations going around. Um, the articles that 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 they write, and I personally is one of the first things I do is I I, I disable comments, and because it's like you know I I'll spin up a site, you know let's say I spin up a, a you know just like a a test site, and then it seems like you know a couple of days later if I don't turn comments off I'm getting some spam comments, kind of like what Robert's talking about, and you know there's ways to you know of course um, you know try to alleviate some of those things, but it, it seems like over the course of the last couple of years you know the main i haven't seen someone use like um wordpress comments like at um a bigger scale like i've seen more conversations kind of like what davinder was talking about over a discus chat uh or comments area or a or a facebook you know area so i think i think that's kind of going to be the main thing but i don't know if if if, if they're thinking you know comments is a core feature so mm -hmm. we need to you know we need to check the box off of that and, and say hey we, we we tackled that in block you know added, added that to to blocks you know so I'm 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 of the same opinion as as I think the group for the most part in terms of comments go as as far as comments go. It's all on your shoulders, Kathy. Save comments. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes comments can really be helpful if yeah. you're writing if you're providing a lot of data in um or or if you're launching a new product and perhaps you're trying like what we're going to talk about later with some new stuff with cadence. Um, so you, you explain how to use a new feature or something like that. And somebody asks a question, it will, it will give me immediate feedback that maybe I didn't explain something well enough or, Oh, there's another use case. And maybe we want to highlight that more. So I find comments to be extraordinarily useful for some cases when you're making an announcement and you get that immediate feedback. But mm. if I'm just pontificating on my own blog, comments are <laughs> Yeah, I just uh, I just want to uh, I want to talk amongst myself. <laughs> I don't necessarily want to other people's a question, a question for Kathy, like in your uh, cadence development roadmap, has anyone or have a lot of people requested on the comments on conversation part of adding more features in cadence? I have not seen that. There might be somewhere within um, the feature request there might be, but I'm not seeing it as a large most of the time, people are looking to create really innovative layouts, or they're looking to do something that they could only do in a page builder, but they want to do it in Gutenberg. Those I guess now you would be able to do it because now the core will have the comment box and you can add little more extra settings and controls yeah. to, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah it could be interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, there you go, feature <laughs> request. Yeah. The, um, 
I, I just feel that they were a, they were of an era, and although they are being used uh, to great effect on the WP Tavern website, it, it does feel to me that most of those conversations happen with hashtags on something like Twitter or in Facebook groups and what have you. You know, you, you go there and make your comment because it's because it's spread far and wide, isn't it? Your your comment could get picked up by potentially millions of people, whereas and it's easier website. to ban a person on Twitter than right. on a WordPress website, yeah. right? So. We're, we're going to... <laughs> that's right, yeah. I tell you what, though, this is intriguing. Uh, a bit of an aside, but um, I've noticed recently that I think AI is getting involved in the commenting on websites, because I, um, on some of the websites that I'm involved in, the comments are almost perfect, like, you know, I've got them set up so that every comment has to be approved manually. So I get the email, I log into the website because I want to do it over there, not by clicking a button in the email. And and then I read the comment and I'm almost at the point of publishing it. And then I just take a step back and hang on a minute. That website links to like a carpet <laughs> shop. What the? No, no, this is spam. But they've obviously scraped the content of the post spun it around some kind of AI system and then written a reply which feels so close to being authentic mm -hmm. that it's tripped me up on a few occasions. And generally speaking, it's just the quirky URL, which is obviously the SEO piece. They're just trying to get people to click on a, a link which they randomly shove in. At the, and it's always a carpet website. Why is it always a carpet <laughs> website? And you know the funny thing? The, the AI ecosystem is still new, right? It still resembles like how SEO ecosystem started where people would more be tilted to the black hat SEO and not the... And, the, and those days were like black hat, white hat. Now no one talks about black hat SEO. It's all SEO, good SEO. So AI just started. So most of the AI stuff generated is like not so white hat like it's sort of black hat even google has said like if you're gonna write ai generated content we're gonna bring, bring a hammer now i don't know how google would identify it's if it's ai or not so, the, uh, the this particular carpet website that i'm on about they they hit the website that i'm talking about uh, probably two or three times a week and churn around a, a really authentic looking uh comment and the only reason i know now uh, that it's spam is because it contains that link to that particular website. So the minute I see it, I'm like, spam, spam, spam. But it's very, very close to being perfect. And ugh, that will make comments harder in the future to manage. Anyway, there we go. We're all switching off comments. Nobody likes comments. Uh, please leave a comment <laughs> about whether... You like comments, okay. Uh, <laughs> actually, there are a couple of comments in here. Uh, firstly, thank you very much, Lee. Lee Jackson saying, hello, hello, howdy doody. Nice to have you with us. And anonymous Facebook user uh, says, maybe the comment just shows the madness of the comment writer. <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> uh, wow, yeah, 6,000 posts in 10 minutes is probably AI. Actually, last week we did feature on the on this particular show, I don't know if any of you saw it, but the the guys over at Google have categorically said that it is now categorical that anything which is AI produced is going to be considered a spam if it can be determined that it's been produced by AI. How the heck one manages that, I don't know, because the AI is every bit as good as well. Actually, and we won't be surprised if Google itself uses AI for that's right. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's move on to something totally fun and frivolous. It's tangentially to do with WordPress, but it's just so lovely. This is over on WP Raccoon, which I just love that logo. Isn't that such a cool logo? It's like one of those pictures your teacher showed you when you were a child, and they say, can you see a triangle? 
there's no triangle there, but you can see a triangle. Um, this is like there's there's not really a raccoon yeah. there, but I can see the raccoon. Do you know what I mean? It's just it, it's like if you look at it, if you look at it, you see the raccoon straight on. But if you look at it a little closer, you could maybe see two raccoons face to face. You know, so oh, it, it, it's like oh, yeah. Yeah. What do they I'm call that? Cool. Therapist. <laughs> yeah, it's like, do, do you see the vase or do you see the two ladies? Each other? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, that, that, like... that, that thing. Anyway, this is lovely. This is Ritis from WP, um, sorry, uh, from Visual Composer. And he's just decided to do something totally philanthropic, totally fun, and totally glorious. It's a it's a WordPress WAPU alphabet ebooks for kids. And when I say kids, I'm really, you know, we're at the young, 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 young age group. Because what he's done is he's he just obviously he's addicted to graphic design. I mean he's an he's brilliant coder by all accounts, but he's obviously a brilliant designer as well. And he's decided to put this alphabet book together. Let me just show you how lovely these are. This is obviously designed, I would imagine, to sort of go on a classroom wall or to go on the bedroom wall. You're teaching your children how to do the alphabet. And here we go. Look. So yeah, visual composer. There's A. Look. A is for apple, alphabet, airplane, ant, ambulance, and arrow, lovely little picture of an apple there. There's B, B is for bear. Look at it, it's glorious. Uh, <laughs> C is for cloud. And he's done all these drawings and they're absolutely wonderful. D, <laughs> D is for dark. Isn't that lovely? I want to see, what do you reckon he's done for X? Come on, guesses. Got to be a xylophone. Got to be a yeah. xylophone, right? Or an X-ray, maybe. Okay, okay. Let's go for X. Let's go scroll, scroll right down <laughs> to the bottom. Q S T U V W. Ah, oh, it was X-ray. Ah, <laughs> that's genius. Cool. That's it's really a waffle skeleton. <laughs> I loved it. I loved that. <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? Okay, and Z. What's Z? Can I know you say Z? I'm going to say Z. What? What's Z? Guesses. I got no guesses. No guesses. Know. Okay, let's let's see if we can slowly reveal it, and you gotta say it when you see it. What is it? What? Oh, what is that? What is that? Uh, what is yarn that? And, what is that? Uh... Oh, it's why. That's why. Oh, why? <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> zebra. Oh, zebra. <laughs> it's a zebra. There we go. <laughs> Anyway, I, I just think this is so lovely. What a what a smashing endeavor! Thank you, Ritus, for doing that. You can find it at uh, wpraccoon.co and then uh, look for WordPress WAPU alphabet ebooks for the kids. He just said that he likes, you know, he likes people to learn the alphabet and he likes WAPUs and he likes WordPress. So why not just mash it all up? And, uh, and it's free. You can download and stick it on your child's wall and uh, have fun guessing what they are. So thank you for that. Bit of silliness, but jolly good fun. Okay, right. let's do something a bit more. A bit more on message, WordPressy. Uh, this is the fact that WordCamp Europe has published a schedule uh, for the upcoming event in Porto. Um, two days of talks. I think they've got four tracks. We'll go and have a look in a moment. And uh, yeah, it's time now to make a decision about whether you're going and time now to make a decision about what it is that you're going to be looking at. Firstly, wicked cool website. Look at that. Do you like that? It's beautiful. Beautiful. Isn't it? I just color. there's something about the white space in there that I really, really like. So you can see 3rd of June 2022, there's four tracks. Uh, we got track one, track two, workshop one, workshop two, and basically it's a full schedule all the way down. Let me just close that and get it out of the way. 
Sadly, um, there's a bit of a disagreement going on. Some people are saying that it's not developer-focused enough. There's a bit of an argument going on saying we seem to, in these bigger WordCamps, especially WordCamp US and WordCamp EU, over the last several years prior to lockdown, that they were becoming a bit more for, for non-technical people and that the, the, the emphasis on tech talks has been dropped. Maybe that's true. If you look through this list, there's certainly, I think, a fair range Honestly, if I go, I'm happy to do either, but the tech talks are probably a little bit beyond my pay grade in many in many senses. But here it is. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of nice stuff. Any of you going? I bet Kathy's going. I'm not gonna be able to go this year. Do you know I if bet Kathy's not yet? going? There's no way Kathy's going this year. <laughs> uh, life life conspired to make sure I had to stay home. But I'm hoping to catch some of the streams because there are some of the topics here that look really interesting to me, um, both from a technical sp standpoint as well as, you know, more just general WordPressy things. So There's one here for you, um, Kelly. Look, the future of commerce in WordPress with full site editing by Darren Ethier. That'll be right. I'll just that. And friend of the podcast, Peacha Neri. Look, we just mentioned her a minute ago. She's on mm. track two on the fourth, the second day. And now I've lost it. There it is. Design for conversions, how to be more profitable by putting people first. Davinda, I've no idea if you're going. Any any thoughts? Are you going to be making your way? Will you watch any of it online if you're not going? Yeah, I, I won't be going in person. But yeah, I would be watching a lot of those. Uh, I love online you know, summits and you know, especially the Page Builder Summit, which is also coming up. Probably we're going <laughs> to put it there. But yeah, I, you know, you mentioned about the lack of developer focus on these talks, but even developers are normal people. Even they want to hear things other than just code. So if a developer, you know, listens to a talk that focuses on marketing or even design, even that would be useful for them also, because again, we all need to expand our skill sets and teaching code on a WordPress talk is kind of difficult, but explaining few principles of marketing and design is easier. So yeah, I'm up and you know, regarding the feedback part, you cannot satisfy all there's always some kind of, you know, feedback that doesn't fit your mindset. So just take the feedback and we'll work on next year, right? Kelly, would you see this as a, like, is this the sort of event that you want to become involved in? I don't know if you've spoken at WordCamps before, but is a big event like this something that in the future you would be want to be a part of? You know, would you want to be taking up one of those slots and talking about, yeah, you know, e-commerce on WordPress? Or do you see this as, yeah, I'm not, not, we're not ready for that yet? Yeah, I think I would love to. I think um, I, I've been to a lot of different um you know, like summits and seminars and things like that. I've never particularly spoken at one like this before. Um, but yeah, it would be something I'm I'm very interested in participating in and, and kind of collaborating with the other presenters too. I think there's a lot of really good stuff here. Mm. And of course, but there's it, the fabulous hallway track, which is pretty much why everybody goes, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like, kind of going back to your thought on... Um, you know, like um, it may not be so developer focused. And, and I think that like, it's interesting to like, this is kind of some conversations we have in my, in my, in the North commerce community, like we have a discord um, and it's like, w what would you define as like, you know, no code or like web design, maybe build like, you know, front end building versus like development and it's, it's coding, it's too technical. 
And so like we all kind of box ourselves into whatever sort of we're, wherever we're comfortable. But I think that like there's a lot to know about like like you see like why headless WordPress benefits enterprises or something like is a topic. Um, one of the topics there. And you might you, you might have like what what does headless even mean? I, I, I've never even heard of that or something like that. But there's so much a front end like no code, you know, only uses Elementor or Divi or something, you know, web designer could learn from. Um, you know, the concepts of headless, you know, what, 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 how could that help me as um, kind of like a front end web designer, even though I use a builder, could, yeah. could it benefit me, you know? Yeah, it potentially could, you could totally, you know, learn how you could build faster front ends with, you know, a, a, a you know, a, a framework solution or something. And, and so like, I think that like, um, yes, the vendor's a hundred percent right when he says you won't be able to please everybody. But I think as a participant attending the you know a word camp um you know go into it just wanting to learn and you may never you may not remember anything about like you know setting up a a good ci or cd or something to to deploy updates for your wordpress theme or your wordpress site that may that may never make sense to you in the first you know the first presentation but now you understand some concepts you can kind of start opening up your box you know of like i only know like these 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 you know drag and drop builder concepts you know what i mean and so I guess kind of what I'm getting at is like, you know, there might, there might be less of So I guess on the other side, it's like, oh, I wish there was more development, but like, what can the developers learn from, from these other things too? You know what I mean? So mm. a little bit like what Devinder was saying, but I think it's just like kind of open up the, you know, our comfortable little, you know, knowledge boxes, you know, where we're comfortable, where we work, where we, um, where we build at and kind of open that up to just some other concepts, you know? And so that could be that could be you know marketing or creating communities or you know all that kind of stuff writing better. yeah yeah do do you know Kathy are you um anybody from Cadence heading over doing anything being involved um not from Cadence but I do believe some stellar folks are heading over okay. so yep. um, yeah yeah well you can see it all begins eight. 8 a.m. BST, uh, which is the same, I think, in Porto itself. It's all happening on the 3rd of June. Four tracks. Uh, I was right down. So basically 12 hours of uh, speakers and what have you. Then we'll have an after party or something like that. And then we got the following day, followed by this thing, Matt on WordPress, which I think is basically akin to a bit like State of the Word, but more of a... You know, without it being the official state of the word, uh, that happens at the end of the second day. Oh no, the after party's at the end of day two. I suppose that makes sense. This is quite a nice feature I've only just discovered. If you go to this page, Europe.wordcamp.org/forward/slash/2022/forward/slash/schedule, you can actually hop around and star items. So you could kind of create your own bespoke itinerary, and then as soon as you start to do that, this little save favorites button pops up. And you can email yourself a list of the ones that you've saved, which is very, very cool. I think that's really nice. Uh, so you actually know where you're going instead of just, as I always do, look around and go, what's next? What's next? I have no idea what yeah. I'm supposed to be doing next because <laughs> I end up in the hallway rather a lot. Anyway, there you go. Porto happening very, very soon, which is really nice. Okay, moving along. Fi Fan. This is, again, Justin. Justin's getting good good mileage out of the show today. Uh, Fifan launches Block Enhancements WordPress plugin. We mentioned something a little bit like this uh, a few weeks back, but Justin wanted to point out this one, which is really nice. This is a de developer who it feels like Justin's been 
looking at for quite some time and eventually has hit the publish button on things which he's got in draft status about it. He's got this block enhancements WordPress plugin. At the moment, it does very, very little, but it's one of those things where keep your eyes peeled. This could be interesting. A bit like something like Munir Kamal's Editor's Kit or Editor's Plus, what it does is it adds stuff on top of core blocks. So in this case, you can see here, we've got an icon. Uh, it's on the screen. You can add an icon to things where you can't currently have icons. So for example, you could add an icon to a list. So instead of just dots, you get, I don't know, um, wapoos or something like that. Or you could add a, a I don't know, an aer paper airplane button to your sign up now button or something like that. There's a whole load of icons. It feels like it's a mixture of um, Bootstrap and various other different things, about three and a half thousand of them so far. And mooted for the future um, will be the option to take those core blocks and add uh, block shadows, multi-border design options, 2D transforms, fancy border radiuses, responsive text alignment, animated reveal effects, copy-paste styles, and child block selector. Now, the reason that I mentioned this piece is because I wanted to start up a conversation about this. And it is, I feel that this these kind of things where they take the core blocks and add to them, I think they're really, really cool. Now, I know Kathy has got Cadence, and it's a total suite of blocks. But if you just want that one little extra thing that you're missing, and core blocks will do... 99% of the heavy lifting. I'm really bullish about these. I think these are very, very cool indeed. And well done to uh, FiFan for doing this. So I'm going to open it up. What do you think? Do you like the idea of these little things which just add functionality to stuff which is already there? I love it. I think it's great because I th that's this is the benefit of WordPress. This is how we grew up with it, right? Is like WordPress can do so many different things, but somebody who doesn't want something like this, why why would it need to be in core? But somebody who does, you know, this is going to really enliven their blog or really engage their audience. Great, they can go for it. So I love the modularness of it all. I think mm. it's cool. Mm. I, th I think um, there's like I think Fifan has done some pretty good work in terms of like. Um, you know, making a bunch of preset. So he's kind of playing to kind of the different levels too. You know, you have your your preset library of icons, which is awesome. But there's one feature in there that I that that stood out to me, which was you're able to say you're a designer or you work with a designer. You could copy your own SVG code into a block and or to in, in, yeah inside the block to to show your own custom icons. Maybe you have a series of you know the the, the Bootstrap icons or the icons won't don't have exactly what you want, but then you have, um, you know, your own designer and Figma or something, you can copy and paste the SVG code there. I think just those little nuances like that is like what makes things, I, I would get that and use it 100% for that specific um, feature. So I, I think, think things like that where you're giving people a little bit more control than just like, hey, choose from this massive library of random you know, maybe outdated. I know Bootstrap and Ionicons are great, but, I'm, but depending on the library, like could be outdated. The designs could be not as modern as something, as something you'd hope for. And then you're like, well, shoot, how do I get this simple SVG or something into this thing? And and so to make that available is like, it's so nice. It's it's to just be able to have the freedom to use your own things. Nice. I think it's a good um, option for a lot of people, but it may not be the option for everyone. Like mm -hmm. uh, whenever some products come in the market, I think from the point of view of an agency owner, because I've been one in the past life. So, you know, for an agency owner, they would prefer a 
one plugin that does a lot of things because they want to keep their tool set standard and they want a plugin that give them support instantly and you know building extending a core thing where you don't have control over the core is a little tricky whereas mm. if you get the whole widget and put in a in a file like you know these third party add-ons does like generate press cadence and all that that is little safer route but again it's an awesome option for certain specific type of users but it may not be the option for say an agency owner running say 1500 websites mm-hmm. yeah yeah, good point. I find that a lot of these things, I really wish they were in core, but I have to keep arguing with myself and saying, actually, they really don't belong in core. And I think the mantra has always been, if 90% of the, I think this is the right number which gets peddled around, if 90% of the people need it, it probably should be in core, um, which is a pretty high bar to go for. And, and obviously, 90% of the people probably don't need icons in buttons and what have you so just this mm. tiny little thing that you can install this tiny little block which adds that one thing um yeah fascinating fascinating love it okay let's move on we've got a few bits of cadence news it honestly I, i've got to say it is coincidence that kathy is here today we would fully have been having this on without kathy but might as well you know might as well take from the expert Cathy, tell us about this. We've got um, introducing Cadence Blocks. This is on the blog, cadencewp.com forward slash blog. It was published on the 11th of April, so presumably it's fairly near the top of the list. And guess who wrote it? It was Cathy Zant. So she really ought to be able to talk about this one slightly more than me. Uh, I'm just going to highlight the things which I thought were interesting, and then you can explain it, Cathy. I thought the flex control for layouts was really interesting. The fact that you can nest things in a way without using the old rows methodology is really interesting you can fix size of things lovely new show more block which is kind of fun and a bit more powerful than it sounds and then there's dynamic list blocks and for those of you that don't use something like toolset or acf and are a metabox supporter well they've added support for that as well so run us through the highlights kathy sure well okay so when you're building in the past, when you were using Cadence to build out uh, layouts, there was this row layout, and you could have sections within that row layout. Um, the row layout would set those sections up um, as a percentage of 100. So if you have three, there you could, and you could do like a 10%, a 40%. Too much math, but <laughs> you can set them <laughs> as percentages, and um, as long as they add up to 100, you're cool. Um, with sections, it's really cool because you you could now use a section outside of that row layout. And then you can put sections within a section. This gives you the ability to have one section and say you have um, one area that you want to have it be 200 pixels wide on uh, tablets, but percentage perhaps on, um, or a different width on desktop, you have much more granular control than that. You still have the row layout, you can still use it, but the section gives you another capability, another way of going about doing it. A lot of people have been comparing this to Elementor, but it's it's different. It's just a different way of doing it. And Elementor had made some changes that improved the speed, but we didn't have those speed performance problems with Cadence to begin with. We just added a different way of doing layout so people could have um, you know, another way to lay things out. Um, the show more block is pretty cool because you can have a show more block and then put 
nested sections in the Showmore block if you wanted to. Um, it's really cool though, because a lot of the Showmore um, features that you've seen around WordPress, it's like, you know, how long the sentence is, things like that. But this you're actually setting um, how high you want that to be. And you can say, okay, on mobile, I want it to be 100 pixels and then the show more button. Um, or you could say on desktop, I want it to be a different height, that type of thing. Um, so it really gives you a lot of um, flexibility of how you're going to do a show more. And this is all in the free. Can things. I just ask, can I just interrupt there with the show? more block the way i read it was that you can put blocks inside yes. the thing that's being shown more of so i could put like completely hidden paragraphs so it's not just truncating i don't know 200 characters of something and you click show more and it just shows me the rest i could have uh, images and um, yes. paragraphs and headings yep. and whatever else inside the bit which is shown when you click the show more right 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 yeah That's so cool. it's a show yeah. more it's a show more block and then you can nest things inside of that show more and lay it out however you'd like it to be you can fade um there's a fade out um option there too and this is all in the free cadence plugin that's available on the repo Th that could be like super powerful for like um like landing pages for like you know kind of like you don't want to necessarily, maybe you don't want to like paywall, uh, uh, you know, but you do want to add something and you could have the show more kind of give you maybe an email opt in and then shows yeah. more, you know, or something like, like I'm just thinking some ideas off, you know, right now, like this actually could be really awesome. I think that's a great, a great new feature. Well, especially really on mobile where you're trying to hide quite, you potentially want to just really squash that page down to the, the minimum possible. And, you know, if you're interested and curious, you can show more. I and mean, then rather than going off to some sort of other page where, or I don't know, some sort of modal, it just expands it and fades it. And what, yeah, it's, it's got a lot of, a lot of potential. Yeah. Very curious. Yeah, have yeah. you got any accessibility feedback for that? Because such mm, things good point. do get that kind of. Good point. Yeah. I am. Uh, our developers are really accessibility aware, and um, actually, we have a, quite a few users who develop sites and use screen readers as well. Um, so mm -hmm. they give us a ton of feedback. I'm not quite sure. I'd have to look. I'd have to check with them and see. But I know that they, you know, if there is ever an accessibility it's issue, they address it right features away. features do tend to score down on accessibility. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, dynamic lists block didn't cover, but now you can, uh, well, you, Kathy, sorry. You. Yeah. So, so let's say for example, you have, um, blogs, blog posts, and you have tons of different categories and you're, you want to show the category like in a pill perhaps, or mm -hmm. you want them delimited with like the pipe, that type of thing. Um, you can create a, a, a dynamic list block in a template and basically pull anything anything that's got a taxonomy that you can access with cadence, um, including the blog categories and list those perhaps underneath that uh, heading, if that's what you wanted to do. So there's uh, tons of stuff that you can do. You can list them horizontally, vertically, however you would like to list them. So this is in the cadence pro plugin. Okay. Black so pro. that one's a pro one. And then finally yeah. the Metabox support, I confess I'm not a user of Metabox, but my understanding from those people that do use it is that it's every bit as powerful as ACF. It feels like ACF is the first mover in all cases. When, it, when anybody's developing something for a, a, you know, for custom fields, it feels like you, you fix it for ACF first and then you go around and fi figure out all the other bits and pieces. And I guess you've done ACF, you're just moving on yes. and filling up the gaps. Okay. 
Yes, we've had enough feature requests from users that Metabox was important to them. So we've added this. This is a part of the Cadence Pro. Um, and if you are using Metabox, you want to see how Cadence can work with it. There's a training actually happening tomorrow um, that Ben Rittner, the founder of Cadence, is going to be doing um, with the iThemes folks. So let's, let's show that actually quickly. Um, I've yeah. got it on here. Ben, like you say, the founder. Um, yeah. One ben hour. Ben Rittner, one hour. This is at training.ithemes.com. Um, it's called How to Publish Dynamic Content with Cadence and Metabox, and it's on tomorrow, 19th at 1 p.m. Central Time. So you can go to the page that you see on the screen. Circling on the Metabox thing, like, do you have support for ACF and Metabox now? Are you planning to add for one for pods? Because that is also a very popular option. Yeah, Um. I am not sure where that is on the feature list, but um, I'm sure it's coming. We just kind of we kind of hit what users are really asking for. Our developers yeah. are very user focused. They do support um, with users, so um, we're very customer focused. And if there's enough enough noise, <laughs> then they definitely jump on it. Yeah. Okay, that's brilliant. Just another thing from the Cadence um, team. So we already heard that on the iTheme side, there's some training about Metabox and Cadence. Let me just, I'll just leave that modal there. Uh, this is something which is happening in the UK, at least anyway, it's happening on Wednesday, but my understanding is it's happening quite late or early, I don't know, but it might be tomorrow for you, depending on where you are. This is creating dynamic sites with Cadence themes and blocks, WordPress operations basics. Somebody called Steve B, I confess I don't know what the B stands for. But uh, this is another event. This is a meetup. Do you want to just very quickly tell us what this one is, if you know, Kathy? Yeah, so it's um, the New York City meetup. Um, and I'm going to be teaching uh, basically the same type of training that Ben's doing with Metabox. I'm going to be doing with Advanced Custom Fields uh, tomorrow night. So basically okay. just showing how Cadence templating works with Advanced Custom Fields so that you can build out. I'm going to do just like a staff listing, something pretty simple. We have an actual guide on the Cadence site on one of the blog posts recently. So if you go to Cadence blog, you can see basically how to do that. If you don't want to sit through a training, it just walks through how to do it. But I'm going to do sort of a live, live demo of how to do templating with uh, cadence and advanced custom fields. Thank you. So there we go. That's a lot of stuff happening at Cadence. Um, a, a different variation on the same theme is Stackable. Um, the Stackable's got a really nice update this time around. They've they've made it so that essentially if you use one of their blocks and you style it and you get it just right. And the example, which I think is a great one to use on this page, is is a button. And you may not be able to see it if you're just listening to the audio of this, but essentially they've added they've added some kind of hover effect where the button grows, and they've added um, some some background um, and so on. So basically, the button has been customized, and being able to deploy that button across the website, yeah, sure, you could probably copy it and save it in various different ways, but having the ability to save that as a default so that every button from that moment on will begin its life looking just like that one, I think that's a really cool idea. So that's what they've done. So you create a button, create a whatever it is with Cadence Blocks, and then you click the three little button, the three little dots um, uh, in Gutenberg, and you save it simply as a default. And from that moment on, every time a new variation of a button is created, and that could be a button inside a group block, basically wherever a button is, 
it will look like that and then you can modify it beyond uh, that if you want to change it. It doesn't affect buttons that you've already created. This is not about hoovering up things that you want to change site-wide. This is everything from this moment forward. And in the UI that we're seeing, you can see there's an option here to, to set a block default for all of there. So we can see things like accordion, block, quote, call to action, all of their blocks. You can then set a default on the site. I just think that's such a sublimely cool time-saving idea. Yeah, I love, I love that idea. I think that there's, um, there's a couple of things that are coming out like that are, being, that are pretty creative in, in terms of like these easy, easy design sort of features and like you're saying nathan that you wouldn't be able to say i added a hundred of those buttons but then um if i wanted to edit them all to like be you know red instead of black you yeah. know drop shadow area it, it doesn't globally change styles it's yeah just maybe... they said right at the bottom of the article i mean obviously the, the the article is about promoting the new feature and what have you and and then right at the bottom duh, 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 i can't remember where it is they make that point where's it gone see if i can find it but, 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 I can't. Uh, you can manage all the defaults. No, somewhere, somewhere. Okay, here we go. A limitation, however, is that the default styles won't work retroactively. Only newly added blocks are affected, so blocks that are you uh, already used in other parts of your site will not be affected. That would be a sublimely cool thing if you could just go and you know hoover them all up from all over the place. But as they're individual, completely unrelated, you know, it's not like a reusable mm -hmm. block or anything. It's just a block. And so, no, it doesn't do that. That's cool. I think though. the best it'll, it'll... implementation would be like if you can save, you know, variations of button styles, like button Ooh. one style, button two style, and you can change those from one screen and it updates from the whole website. Now, that would be like I do the same thing, but I do it via CSS. Like yeah. I save a button style and add that class, and it automatically adds the styling to it so that yeah. you don't have to update all the, and you can teach clients like you just have to select uh, this style for the button and you, you're good to go. So, probably Cadence can add one. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm seeing Kathy writing down some notes as we speak. I, I was, <laughs> well, I was actually on, there's a Cadence community on Facebook and somebody had actually started up uh, a crowd crowd uh, with pitchforks, I think, <laughs> cutting over to the feature requests <laughs> to put in their votes for this to be added to Cadence. This is really handy, I think, especially for people who are developing sites for other people to create yeah. specific functional styled so, so that is that users who are maybe not as technical or design right, focused right. and just like want to put a button whatever, wherever, well, here, here's your button. This is how it's going to look mm -hmm. and feel. You don't have to style anything. You don't have to do anything. It's just there for you to really empower people who are working with the site but might not be thinking through all the design implications. Yeah. Yeah, it could be very easy. Just save four or five button variations. And whenever clients make something, they can select any of them. And if it's red and you want to make it blue, just go... As a developer, you can just go to the red screen and just change the red to blue or whatever color, and it automatically yeah. updates it because yeah. it's just yeah. a little bit of CSS that's controlling everything. I do like the idea. I'm just imagining how the UI for that might look, Davinda, where you were saying that, let's say that you want, I don't know, uh, two different accordions, one one red, one blue. The, yeah, the idea of duplicating this accordion 
styling, some sort of duplicate button, and then renaming this to just Blue Accordion add, uh, and then Red Accordion or something. Yeah. Just add a new screen, say called Style Designer or whatever, and just add a new accordion. No data needs to be added, or it adds a dummy data, and you just style it and save it, say, style Accordion Style 1. And when you go to your page template and you add an accordion, and in the settings, you can just add the option, say, select Style Accordion 1 instead of selecting you can either select the predefined style that you've done at the styler or you can just use the standard options so it yeah. can be either way that would be the most neatest way without confusing people yeah that's nice anyway stackable congratulations really nice feature um the uh, the ability to save defaults of all of their different blocks so that's rolling out i guess 3.3.0 maybe that's already out and about but uh if you if you're using stackable, I think that there's um, some other stuff coming out in core, or maybe it's up and coming with six. I don't know, but there was um, patterns too. I don't know if you guys saw that yet. That kind of reminded me of that kind of you 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 can pre-save that button with stackable. That's I think that's kind of a similar to what patterns will be. Have you seen that where you can yep. kind of create pre-made layouts, you could register them, and then kind of the community or whoever else wants to just like select these predefined patterns. I think we'll see a lot of that too. I think and so. I think that's going to be huge. I don't like, I don't know what others think, but I really don't like pattern stuff when huh. you're building client side. It's like fancy gallery of things. Like, But when you're building a client side, you need to design a proper, you know, UX and, you know, proper, you just can't randomly pick four or five patterns and your website is done. Obviously, there are a few people who do that, but really... We, yeah, we had I, a, we, we had featured on the the show a couple of weeks ago, and and it's just the beginnings of things. There's the pattern creator, uh, and it's just called that the pattern creator. But I keep appending tool to the end, and it's just the beginnings of that. So you'll be able to create your own patterns and save them, and and there isn't an idea of a cloud or anything like that. It's just still respond more to full-blown templates like i was just checking out a cadence travel template and it looked really good like uh you know it was like full-blown site like you just have to install it though the only thing i didn't like it you couldn't preview that template on the main website hopefully you can add a template browser somewhere Kathy's yeah, scribbling it down as we speak <laughs> <laughs> it's going on the list it's going on the list um even though i'm not a cadence user active cadence user but i do get people complaining like i couldn't see this on their main website you said it's really beautiful where is it so i i i'll show you the hidden url i don't know why they're not showing it <laughs> loads of comments coming in we should just probably sort of highlight a few of these um don't know if now is the time for Devinda to comment on this but um cheryl cheryl co says great panel would be curious to hear Devinda's thoughts on the future of themes Builders, blocks, and pattern mixes. The existing theme. If you're using Astra, stick with it. Generate press, stick with this. Cadence, stick with it. Don't go with that full set editing theme madness if you're building client websites. There you go. Very pithy. I like it. Um, automatic CSS, says John Chav. Chavatal, sorry about the butchering of the surname. Automatic CSS has been a game changer for me. Helps me to keep sites super consistent. So, like utility classes, I'm guessing you just sort of give it a style of red, big, mm -hmm. and yeah. round, or something like that, and you're away to the races. That's great. Um, new messages. What have we got? WP Launcher Flag. God, throwing the comments down. <laughs> Loving this discussion. <laughs> Uh, hey gang, love this discussion. I'm finding the biggest issue is that there's too many controls hidden in too many spots across too many overlapping 
block plugins, and then most of them don't accurately display in responsive preview. This means that reverting back to CSS and using responsive inspector tool has now become almost mandatory to make progress. Uh, It's like we have to go back to 2011 again. The ultimate goal is what Kathy suggested. If we, this is quite an essay you're doing here, thank you. Um, (laughs) If we had basic, simple, universal starting points that just did things that most people want, need across all themes, it would give us a standard base. Cheers, Spencer. Spencer! Spencer Spencer Foreman. Foreman. Hello, Spencer. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's cool. Thank you for writing all of that. Um, I will will write a reply and put it in the mail. So basically, he's referring to the WordPress as a garden, and he can't find his fla- favorite flower in it because yeah. it's hidden. Oh, ah, <laughs> like the way you describe that, yeah. Um, automatic CSS for Oxygen. We haven't spoken about Oxygen for a while. For the Oxygen Builder for now, it will be coming to Gutenberg in the future. Okay. All right. We went off piece slightly there with the comments, but um, thank you for making them. Okay, so that was stackable. Next one is going to be this back to the tavern this time sarah gooding i didn't actually put this piece in davinda wanted to mention this one i think it's an important thing to mention so here it is it's called wordpress performance team puts controversial controversial webp <laughs> default proposal on hold after critical feedback webp is a google i believe standard for squishing images and making them smaller than ever before it was going to go into wordpress now it's not what's going on davinda well, a few reasons. Firstly, it doesn't have a universal browser support. Like there are a few uh, browsers who actually do not support it that well. And the main reason is like it's going to create copy of every single image in a WebP format. And it's going to fill up the disk space of a lot of users who are on not on like big hosting. You know, whenever you upload an image, it automatically creates three versions of it. So one image is equal to four images. Now those four images will be replicated into WebP format. So it's like eight images. So uh, it doesn't make sense, uh, honestly, because there are other tools to, as said, most of the people who have image intensive websites, they automatically use, you know, things like short pixel and WordPress compress and other, you know, specific things to optimize. So I don't think so. It's WordPress is ready for this format and it's from Google and, you know, you know how Google is like Google just throw in things and see if it's getting adopted and they just kill their own baby after that. So that's how it is. <laughs> there's a there's a nice comment on the on the page actually. I don't know who made this comment. Uh, it says here Victor Nagorni. Um, sorry, Victor. He says this is not just about image formats. You're going to drastically increase disk space usage yeah. by generating more images, which is exactly your point. Um, and then right at the bottom, this directly affects hosting costs. It will cause a lot of billing issues. I mean, if I guess if you've got a website with no images, go for it. Have all the <laughs> web P's you can manage. <laughs> Zero. But uh, yeah, you're right. I I kind of assumed that when the implementation came along, there'd be some sort of toggle like I want I want web P. I do not want WebP. Um, in terms of browser support, I think we're nearly there, aren't we? I bet some Googler somewhere could figure out exactly where we're at. I think but isn't, isn't, isn't it like 99% of all browsers now? But this blurs the territory of core and what should be handled by plugins, right? Yeah, now, website point. optimization should not be part of core, right? It has to be, again, it's like that 90-10 debate, but there are plugins who does website optimization, not just for the overall CSS and JS, but even for images, right? And all those short pixel and other tools, they let you generate WebP format as well. So the functionality is there, and it's not going to be used by majority, because majority of people don't even know what WebP is, right? So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Okay, 
we're gonna we're gonna move along um kathy so that was davinda's piece we have this thing sort of like pick of the week where into our show notes people throw stuff that they thought was interesting so that one was davinda's uh this next one is kathy's if i can find it there was a sort of security security thing which came across everybody's emails i'm sure this week it was elementor we're looking at the sarah gooding piece on tavern the tavern are just Killing it on this episode today. I love the tavern. Um, and this is Elemental 3.6.3 patches critical remote code execution vulnerability. And you had you, you wanted to say something about this, Kathy, didn't you? The way it was communicated and so on. Right. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've spent a lot of time in the security space, and um, this coupled with the story about Atlassian, which I think you're going to bring up next, but it really underscored to me how important it is for plugin developers for WordPress core for anybody who is developing software, things are going to go wrong. There's going to be bugs. There's going to be service outages. There are going to be problems. And this really underscored in, to me how important it is for anyone who's developing software, even if you're an agency and you're dealing with your clients, how do you communicate to them when something goes wrong? So Elementor kind of in their change log didn't really underscore how important this uh, vulnerability was and how critical it was to update as soon as possible. So there was some in the Tavern article, there was some um, discussion about that. And I felt that it would have been better if Elementor was more proactive when the patch came out to communicate to their users how critically important it was for them to patch rather than waiting for a security vendor to write their uh, proof of concept uh, documentation. Um, so communication in software in business is so critically important. And I thought Elementor could have done a better job in communicating this uh, vulnerability being patched to their users. Just It just kind of flew under the radar until the article was published with the proof of concept. So this has a CVSS, Common Vulnerability Scoring System, which is a mark out of 10, basically. You know, if you get a 10, yes. you are literally running around putting out fires. It's horrible. In fact, I don't know of any 10s. I can't think of any 10s off the top of my head, but it's total calamity. We're, right. all, we're all dying. Um, and this is a 9.9, .9, which is critical. And so this is about the communication. Are you saying that the communication, the way that they alerted their users to it, wasn't emphasizing the right how to describe the, it, the alarming nature of this? That it was more right. sort of modest than the language that they used, right? It was. It just kind of it tried to tone down the severity of the problem, and I felt that this, from Elementor's standpoint, necessitated. Um, a strong, stronger wording in the change log and perhaps even an email out to their customer base to let them know that um, a patch was out and that they needed to take action right away rather than waiting for the security vendor word fonts to write about it. I felt that, I, and actually I would like to encourage more people in WordPress that if a bug gets patched that you are very proactive, that software is about trust, right? We want our our customers to feel good about our software being in their digital home, right? So oh. when there's a problem, just being really forthright and having those hard decisions or those hard conversations as quickly as possible, rip the Band-Aid off, just uh, get it out there as quickly as possible makes the most sense. It, it helps everyone in the community communicate to their stakeholders easier, faster, and better. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you've got a plugin with a 9.9 .9 score and you have two installs, 
maybe it's not such a concern. But if if I would venture to say that Elementor now is right up there in the top half dozen uh, in terms of numbers, you know, millions. It says, it says here 5 million um, on the Tavern article. It says Elementor is installed on more than 5 million WordPress sites. Um, and so I suppose that that in, would would require a different response than Nathan Wrigley's useless plugin um, that doesn't do anything and has a nine point nine, but nobody's installed it. You, you know, I'm probably fairly laissez-faire about it because it's me and my son that have got it installed. <laughs> but this one, it's big, and a nine point nine is big. The article explains the the bits and the pieces, the actual vulnerability and how it could be leveraged. So maybe go and check that out. But in that. Kathy, you mentioned I had not heard of this. I've, I don't use Atlassian products at all, um, not one of them. No doubt millions of people do. So should we just move on to that one quickly? This is over at thepragmaticengineer.com, uh, which I'd never heard of. This is I'm probably going to look into this some more. What I read this, and as I was, the more I read of this article, the more my jaw opened. Um, <laughs> Really? Uh, if I, I was an Atlassian crap. customer, I think I'd be, I'd be, I'd be definitely getting the pitchfork out. Tell us what's been happening over there this week. Well, so they were going to run a delete process to delete some data, um, and that delete process deleted a bunch of customer data that wasn't supposed to be deleted, um, and <laughs> numerous very large organizations. I mean, you know, we don't use. Jira, large, large organizations use Jira and build um, entire infrastructures of operations upon Atlassian products. Uh, and the news of this just kind of trickled out. There was no communication from any large stakeholders at Atlassian of what was going on. I read this article um, on my phone. <laughs> And I, I don't, I, sh I wasn't even working. I was just sitting, like watching my daughter ride her horse, and I'm reading it and literally having stomach cramps because it was just so horrifying to me. Not only like if I was a customer having this kind of experience, because who uses Atlassian products? These are IT people. These are people who, um, within their organization, have to say, okay, well, this is the best solution. Um, we've investigated, we've done all of our due diligence, and this and Jira is the best solution for our organization. And then to not have any communication to, from Atlantic, from Atlassian of what actually had happened and what was impacted and how their organization was suffering because of this. And then having to go to like stakeholders of like a CEO and explain to them what was going on in operations and why everything had ground to a halt was just horrifying. I felt like Atlassian could have done better communication. Um, obviously, there's some lessons in terms of, you know, make sure that you have backups and that you test your backups. There's a, a number of lessons in this, even though it's a very painful read. I think that, you know, those of us who run um, WordPress sites, WordPress has really matured. And we, it, it's not just, you know, mom and pop shops putting together WordPress sites anymore. It's in the enterprise. And so those of us who manage a number of WordPress sites need to be aware of these types of um, impacts. What can happen if you aren't communicating with stakeholders? What happens if you don't have your backups in order? Um, and just, it's just a cautionary tale that I thought was important for, for people to uh, get some lessons from. It's and, kind of like a no. nice piece of journalism as well, because it's got that feel of kind of, ex, you know, like laying out the timeline of what happened day one, this to day two. And uh, apparently up to 800,000 people 
which is not a small amount of people uh, were affected by this. And it, it all boils down to the fact that they just kept quiet, really. They had this yeah. large amount of problem, large amount of problems. And it was like, I'll tell you what, if we don't say anything, nobody will notice. There was 800,000 people. They're probably not using our product anyway. Let's just see if we can keep quiet about it. And, of course, the silence becomes deafening. And, boy, uh, I'm actually quite surprised I hadn't run across this story in, like, the mainstream media because it's a big product and it's a big company. But, anyway, there we go. Maybe that's why it wasn't in the the mainstream media. They're all using Kira to write their hands. I do, yeah, I do that's... wonder, like with, with Elementor and even Atlassian, like I use Jira uh, like every day. Like I want to know what the conversations are, you know, privately, like with their team. You know, maybe it's just the, maybe it's the executives and like a few developers or something, like because I, I could imagine that there's there's a good chunk of fear around, like, oh no, what will people think? They'll think that we're a bad developer, or bad products. So we'll lose customers. But I, I think like when you're really upfront, like I think Shopify did a good job. I think they had what was it like the log four? There was a yeah. log four vulnerability, and it was really it wasn't a Shopify specific problem. It was more like a some Linux server problem. I think yeah, I can't remember right. exactly. Yeah. Yep. Like they were pretty log upfront about that. Which it, it may have been easier for them to be upfront about it because it was like technically not their fault, but. Um, I think that like when you don't kind of live in that fear and just like hope and just hope that like, you know, I, I think 99% of people are going to be like, we understand like things happen. Like I think um, who said it, Robert here in the comments is saying like, like software won't be perfect. Like look at windows, you know, with, with Microsoft, like I think most people understand that, but there's like some underlying fear. And I wonder what those conversations are like, because like, I'm wondering like say North commerce launches, you know, we have some problem. What would I? I would be afraid to say something because I would. Uh, I don't want people to, you know, think that we're a bad product. But I think ultimately, like, you you just have to be upfront, yeah. and then and then it's like, hey, we were we were on it right away. Let's double check everything that's good for you on on your end, and and then and then just move on. So I, I wonder. I, I, what for those my part, I think like. the the worst possible scenario though is when you castrated yourself. You know, if Log4j, you had nothing to do with that. Nobody saw that coming. Everybody scrambled around and lots of things broke, but you can get it, right? It's not we. It's not us. Mm. And also, if somebody hacks your service or infrastructure, again, it's not us. We, we, we really didn't know this thing existed. But when Atlassian delete their own customer's data and then can't recover it in a timely manner, that's so toxic. <laughs> that it just yes. makes you think, no, there's only one way to deal with this. It's like full prostration. It's like, well, completely prostrate yourself and admit, we did this terrible thing. Forgive us. We're so sorry. But no, uh, the the opposite. Pre- I'll tell you what, we'll just go and hide. We all hide over there <laughs> behind that rock for 14 I, days. Nobody will know and we'll get it all fixed. It's like it, if I close my eyes, no one can see That's me because I can't it's like, see them. Yeah, it's like the little bird in the nest when you approach it. It closes its eyes and it, you'll go away because I close my eyes. Anyway, that's a fabulous story. Go check it out. It's over at The Pragmatic Engineer, which looks like a thoroughly well-researched and written uh, news organization. Okay, we got a couple of bits towards the end, non-wordpressy stuff. Just before that, um, I, I threw this on Kelly. He didn't come with this intention, but I thought as 
you know, quite a lot of the people watching this have perhaps not heard of Kelly's product, North Commerce. I thought we'd give him a give him a few moments to just shout about it and yell about why it's cool. Um, as I said, he was on the podcast uh, earlier. If you go, probably just Google WP Builds and Kelly or North Commerce, you'll you'll find it. You can hear about the episode, but that was several months ago, so I expect a lot's changed. Northplugins.com is the URL that you want. Why? Why, Kelly? Why did you take on <laughs> WooCommerce, an already well-established tool? What what madness is this? <laughs> I know, right? Like the most uh, established, I guess really, I say the most established, but like really the only e-commerce solution for WordPress, let alone, you know, powering millions of, of websites. I, I think, um, and, and I think what we've talked about kind of set it up perfect too, because like we have so many transitions to like no code tools within WordPress, you know, with the new full site editing with drag and drop builder with Gutenberg and, and with all these other cool tools, like even coming from cadence and, 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 and others. Um, I, I, I thought, you know what, I think there needs to be sort of a more no code centric solution for, for e-commerce with WordPress. I think like we need to do some things different and I've built a lot of WooCommerce websites. We've, We've done a lot of um, optimizing to scale these these stores, and it's like it takes a lot of work, and and you have to know <laughs> you know you have to know a lot of specific things you know to um, to make it work. And so I thought, hey, you know what? Let's let let, let me do some research, and and we'll we'll write some create some mockups, and we'll see what we can do. Um, some of the ideas within our kind of smaller community at the time was was very well received, and so. Since last time we talked, Nathan, we've sort of comp where we basically finished the the core infrastructure for um, North Commerce. So that means um, how our our database is set up, all our custom tables, um, how our API works, both like as a REST API and like you know kind of like the server side um, version as well. And um, and so we're pretty much ready to launch here our, our MVP in the next few weeks. And um, and so I'm excited. I mean, I could talk about it for the next three hours, <laughs> all about yeah. our cool structure for our, our API, and and I think that a lot of people will be, I hope, pleasantly surprised with the tools that we'll give to you guys in terms of like rendering data on the page, showing your products, building, being able to build sort of custom um, uh, components to to show different. Um, products or categories or whatever you want and then um and then coming shortly after mvp we'll have our own little like micro builder and that's kind of our um big no code tool that we'll have so it's still going to be compatible with every theme or um or, or current builder that you use um, but there'll be a, a builder just for the e-commerce components that you'll be able to use like on the back end and then you'll that'll generate a short code and then you can copy and paste that short code um, wherever you want that particular component to render, whether that's, you know, a product collection, um, cart page, checkout page, whatever. The because it's so new, you're you're still on the lookout for kind of what you've got a wait list, which there's a button right at the top of the page. Mm -hmm. Are you are you still in communication with people? You know, have you got like a Facebook group going on or some sort of group somewhere where you're? St oh, it's Slack. Um, yeah, no, if I remember rightly. Yeah, but you're yeah. you're still on the lookout for feedback, uh, actively looking for suggestions and so on, which is which mm -hmm. is 
is that period over or are you still no no uh, that's if you if if you want to scroll down to the very bottom you'll see uh, there's a, a button a little button on the footer that says discord and that's um you can join that it's it, discord is like um it, i think it traditionally was for gamers but discord. it's kind of um yep, 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 yep. now the more com communities are being built on that and and we can chat live you know so you can take a look at things you could request features there's different channels and stuff like that so yeah i'm looking for feedback i'm looking for kind of use cases whatever one i'd love to learn as much as possible and I'm, I'm always in discord talking with everyone so if you guys are like what the heck are you doing like let me learn more and we then we chat in there and and uh, i'm pretty active there so i, I always want to kind of communicate with you guys as much as possible so if yeah. you want to join discord we'd love i'd love to have you and, and we, we could chat you know whenever I'm not going to be able to read that out because it's like a gobbledygook URL, but it's, you know, yes. go to go to northplugins.com, scroll to the very bottom. Right at the bottom is yeah. is the word Discord amongst YouTube and Twitter and so on, and you can you can find that. But very cool. Um, thank you. No doubt, I, I have this sort of slight feeling that we're going to be talking about North Commerce uh, in the future some more, but thanks for coming on and talking about that. That's great. Okay, some completely non-utterly unrelated to WordPressy stuff, just some silliness. So, you know, what? Do, what? What? I don't even know what to say. You get so rich <laughs> that you can just <laughs> you can put you can reinvent the autom automobile industry basically single handedly. You've got like satellites in space which are going to upend the way the internet is provided across the planet. And uh, you know, at some point, you probably just get a bit fed up. So you just think, what else can I do? I just I know what. I'm going to buy Twitter. That's what I'm going to do because it's not quite where I need it to be. So this is the news that um, you've probably seen it. Elon Musk was was getting a load of shares and then it, he was offered a seat on the board and then he was not offered a seat on the board. Now it seems that he's... Um, that he's actually, they're actually going to actively prevent him. They're going to make, they're going to kind of make their stock worthless uh, in order to prevent him. I don't quite understand how that whole process works and why they would do that. But there was something in the press the other day about stopping him at all costs. But just what? How? No, please don't don't <laughs> sell Twitter to a. a to, to, to Elon. I love Elon. He's great, but I don't think I want Elon in charge of Twitter. Do, do you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a mixed bag, I think, for maybe for all of us. But I think it's um, it, a, a part of me also wants to believe that like Elon has no true intent to buy, and it's this huge, um, huge yeah, uh, ploy to to you know have countless articles written about him. And oh, and by the way, you know Texas, you know our Texas Gigafactory just was uh, was just completed, and X, Y, and Z is coming out, and so yeah. I truly wonder, but I think, um, you know, it sounds like he's some sort of free free speech absolutist and um, and wants to um, make some big changes with Twitter. So I don't know. That would be. Oh, no, I don't think it'll happen, but it would be it would be interesting to see how that played out. A lot of people yeah. use Twitter for free marketing, so he's just doing that. He's doing it exceedingly <laughs> well, you might say. Yes. Yeah. What he did last year with uh, there's like. A, a cryptocurrency called Dogecoin. Which That's is, right. He he like skyrocketed the price of Dogecoin and drove people mm. insane doing all kinds of. I mean, it's all fun and games, and yeah, it makes great headlines and stuff. But there's there are there are some serious business concerns <laughs> happening. Like, I mean, I laugh at it. 
Just tell him to post like North Comas is better than Boo Comas. Kelly, your task for the next week is to try and get Elon Musk with his nine trillion followers on Twitter to, to mention North Comas. No, I guess the, thing, the thing that I kind of find peculiar about it is I've I've I, I ten years ago I thought Twitter was a bit of fun. And I, I am terrible at using Twitter. I genuinely don't use it. But everywhere I, I look, Twitter is being used by like as the conduit of getting the information out. So it could be the BBC publishing things. It could be, the, you know, POTUS has a, you know, we know how that went. Um, but, you know, there's a, there's a Twitter handle for everything. And, and everybody pushes stuff out. And I think it's – and don't Congress keep a copy of it all so that we can look back mm-hmm. and see what's gone on? It, it almost feels like it's the the record now. The, the record of all stuff in real time is happening on Twitter. And it kind of almost like a utility. It feels like it would be a shame to let it go into the hands of somebody who is prepared to play – bit devil may care with it all you know somebody who's prepared to sort of say i'm buying loads of twitter and then maybe not buy loads of twitter and inflate a cryptocurrency just seems it's maybe too important maybe that's me um but that's a good point yeah 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 right okay that was that i'm glad that we all didn't have any thoughts or disagree a passionate debate so that was good yeah the this one came divinda did you drop this one in this is extremely cool. We're back on WordPress. I apologize. We stepped out. We'll step back in. Here. <laughs> um, this is extreme. How did I not know about this? This is WP Campus, their learning library. So it's wpcampus.org forward slash learning forward slash library. It looks like there's a forward slash in there. Um, it's the most gigantic resource of almost everything you could possibly ever want to do. From their their online, I guess, real world events stretching back decades, well, maybe not decades, but years and years and years. So, Devinder, were you just bringing this to our attention because you just discovered it? I mean, I, I'm not sure because someone submitted it on my site or even tagged me somewhere. So it was new for me. And when I clicked on it, it's like, really? I didn't know about this, just like your reaction. And so I was browsing through some of the you know topics were really interesting. So you need to find few weekends to get through you know a few topic selection and then watch them so yeah very uh, kind of awesome resource for some for specifically for those people who love to consume and learn online yeah i mean the, the topic range is um, enormous so there's an accessibility something and there would be happier so privacy object orientated strategies graph ql ethics Crikey, ethics, uh, <laughs> c- collaboration. Uh, obviously, their WP campus, their their focus is higher education. So there's a lot of stuff about how to create a great um, faculty website, which I guess is fairly important. Um, just just everything, just all the things on this website. And I love it when I stumble across something like this because this this would <laughs> a lot of work went into doing this over the years. Yeah. Just massive congratulations uh, for for finding that one and uh, for the guys putting that together. WPCampus.org forward slash learning forward slash library. And with like a minute to go before the deadline, I'm going to throw this one at you. Uh, Sp- I love this. Spotify, we all know Spotify and what they do. They're going to be bringing live audio shows to the main app. Apparently they had such a feature, but it was in a companion app called Green Room, which I've 
honestly never heard of. And they're gonna they're gonna make it possible for people to do live audio. Obviously, I'm doing audio all the time, and I really like the idea of live podcasting. At the minute, we do it on platforms like this, uh, which goes out to Facebook and Twitter and so on. But having the ability to tap into that audio only um, selection of people through Spotify is, I think, sublimely cool. And a pivot which I, looking back from this day. I have no idea why they didn't do this multiple years ago. It just seems like such an obvious pitch. I'm guessing the idea is live concerts. I'm, I'm presuming it's about music and not about podcasting, but I would fully show up and listen to live concerts. Uh, I would. Spotify. Yeah, you would. I would watch. Um, I would listen to WordCamp, Euro- WordCamp Europe on on Spotify like this. Yeah. I think yeah. that would be awesome. I, I think like half the time if we're streaming something, I'm like mid- midday working or something, but I can still listen and not have to look. I would, I would, and I'm always on Spotify. I think yeah. that would be awesome. So it's like some a... of these seminars, I think would be so cool to have. Yeah. It's just such an obvious, obvious sort of pivot, isn't it? I just never even thought about live audio particularly, you know, it's all, all about the video, but maybe, maybe we're about to see a change. Anyway, there we go. That's the, uh, that's the bits and pieces that I've got for this week. Did I miss anything or have we, have we, have we wrapped it up? I think we have. It was a great conversation. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it was good. Really now, fun. what you don't know, Kelly, is the slightly embarrassing thing that I'm about to subject you to, which <laughs> is that we we all have to wave because every week I get I get like the jazz hands wave going on and all the guests wave at the same time. That becomes the featured image. So on the count of three, one, two, three, can we all give us a little wave? Davinda, of course. Davinda, come on, Davinda. There we go. That's it. We've got it. Yeah, get yourself right in the middle. And we've done it. Thank you. That was humiliating for all of us, I realize. <laughs> but, you know, there we go. Uh, thank you for, very much for joining us, Kelly Muro. Thank you very much, Davinda. Thanks for having me. And thank you, Kathy Zan. We'll be back next week with some other people. I can't off the top of my head remember who they are, but they'll be smashing just like this week's episode. Thank you very much. We'll see you again soon. Bye.